Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. Also available on demand on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Fred and Xander here on ESPN 1000. Be here till 3 o'clock. You want to jump in? 312-332-3776. Talk a little bit about the Blackhawks. Talk some Bears. Talked about old people that dress up for Halloween, which I think is crazy. But anyway, you can get the poll question on Twitter at ESPN 1000. And game four of the World Series tonight as uh, the Atlanta Braves are up two games to one, taking on the Houston Astros. The White Sox could have beat this Astro team. They can't hit. But right. then again, they, were, they, they weren't facing You know what? Watch, watching the World Series, I realized how bad. I knew how bad the White Sox were defensively. But seeing, you know, these games. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. I know. <laughs> how class. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't all that good. And a guy that's got a chance to watch all of it, our He's guy Jesse Rogers. Too, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure Jesse's got his... Uh, his no. <laughs> Jesse's dressed up nicely. Jesse wouldn't dare wear a costume to a World Series game for, would you, Jess? Or five. I have too much respect for the game, except that, uh, you know, uh, Dylan Lee is the starting pitcher for the Braves. Who? Tonight, he's the <laughs> opener. Yeah. So my, my point is the game is a little different than it used to be. I mean, yeah. so, uh, you know, maybe I will dress in costume because it's a different kind of game with openers. And think about this. Dylan Lee made his, you guys don't know who this guy is. He made his, like, debut or something um, the last weekend of the regular season. He pitched a couple games, and now... Even if he lasts one inning, he can put on his resume, I started a World Series game. And yeah. that's where the Braves are at because Charlie Morton is down and baseball has changed. Got to build that resume. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about it, yeah. Jess. We talk all year long about having a fourth and fifth starter, and then you get to the World Series and nobody's get, neither team has a fourth and fifth starter. Yeah, I almost wish they would adopt last year's uh, playoff rules, which were no days off. Uh-huh. And that's why the Braves and these teams can do what they can do with two days off in the series. Uh, but, boy, Snitker's using up this bullpen. You saw the kid get pulled with a no-hitter. Big debate about that yesterday um, with not just one, but two bullpen games for the Braves today and right. tomorrow. Right. And they used four their t- top four relievers yesterday. I assume they're going to use them today and tomorrow if they're leading. Um, but, look, if their arms fall off in a year, they may have a ring to show for it. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. If your arms fall off, who cares? You've got your World Series ring. Put it on the other hand. Put it on yeah. the one well, that's the pro- still the- attached to your body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the problem is if you get used up a little bit too much and it and it affects you late in this series, you lose the series, your arm falls off, you don't have a ring. You Jeez. know, So it's, it's a good debate. Brian Snitker's smart. It was interesting last night, for people that don't know, um, rookie Ian Anderson had a five-inning no-hitter going, and he got pulled at 76 pitchers. Would, you know, Sandy Koufax, I mean, you know, right. just pick a name. They'd all, they're, they're, they've got, I mean, Maddox is going to be here tomorrow. I'm going to ask him, what did you think about that? I just can't wait to hear what he has to say. What did you think, um, Jesse? Well, I, I didn't like it. Strategically, I didn't like it. It's not about necessarily, he wasn't going to complete the game. It was 76 after right. five. Right. It's one nothing. But strategically, I didn't quite get it because of the two bullpen games here coming up. And using every pitch a reliever throws at this time of year is one you know, less he might throw the next day or one less effective one he might throw the next day. So I didn't quite understand using four relievers when you have a no-hitter going right. when you have two bullpen games before a day off. So that was my problem. But let me just finish. Snitker said it wasn't analytics, which is weird because usually it would be. Uh, sure. The top of the order was due up for a third time. He said it was his gut. 
because uh, Ian Anderson had walked three and hit a guy. And, and I agree he wasn't um, – it wasn't your classic no-hitter kind of stuff, but he had not given up a hit. And, but he said it was his gut, not analytics, which is strange because it's usually the other way around when a guy gets pulled like that. Yeah. Well, I I agree with you. Uh, it did make sense. Like, at least another inning and just plan for another inning yeah. unless he gets into yeah. trouble. And, the, and it, the key is that people say, oh, they won the game. Well, it, how is Tyler Matzik going to do today? How right. is Will Smith mm-hmm. going to do tomorrow? It's the extra pitches. Uh, but, look, the game has changed. Even Snicker – you know, admitted his younger self uh, would never have probably done that. It's just different, um, and it is the third time through. And he brought up some decent reasons. The the, the top of the order had seen a lot of uh, pitches off of uh, Anderson, and you never know. I mean, uh, but then again, you know, the next reliever could give it up too. So it, it, it's back and forth. And I guess it will know if they win the series, and it doesn't ha- have an effect on those relievers if it was the right move. Well, and Jess, you look at it now. Altuve's two for thirteen. Bregman's one for nine, and that was an opposite yeah. field hit yesterday late in the game. And Correa's one for ten, and the only one he has is the homer where he said it's my time. He doesn't have any other hits, and um, it, it's weird. I I would not have imagined that these guys would struggle against the staff. Yeah, I'm a little surprised, a little bit. Maybe not last night. It was 50 degrees, rainy. I mean, that that Houston team definitely is benefited by playing in Houston and in the Dome. Mm-hmm. Um, look, Altuve struggled the whole playoffs, except he's come up big. His With hits homers. have been yeah. big ones. Yeah. Bregman has had absolutely no luck. Not luck. No, no, no hot streak at all. Plus, no luck. Um, remember, they won the last couple rounds on Alvarez, on Kyle Tucker. It was kind of the bottom of the bottom guys. Right. Correa had a good round against the White Sox. Gurriel's, so, yeah, been, not, just, Gurriel's been non-existent the whole playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah Brantley's been okay. So um, you're not going to get seven guys hot at the same time, but they need three or four, and they, they really have the, you know basically one or two right now. But, look, they were down 2-1 last series and stormed back to win three in a row. I would not put anything past this Astros team, especially when you consider I would assume they have a pitching advantage if the other team is using openers the next two days. Well, and the one thing I was going to ask you, we talked about Dylan Lee starting for Atlanta. Zach Greinke starting for Houston. Now, Zach Greinke yep. is a guy who's won a Cy Young, right? So he, But he's only yep. thrown four and two-thirds in the last five weeks. We keep seeing him, but we never see him on the mound. Tonight we'll see right. him on the mound. Yeah. Do you expect him to be a guy? I mean, this could be one of the hugest stories, in, you know, in this World Series. Zach Ranke goes out there and all of a sudden gives him five or six innings. If he gives them five or six, they'd be thrilled because he isn't really stretched out enough. I think I think the number is probably four over under. Okay, if it's under four, man, this game's going to last about six hours with the other team <laughs> right. using an opener. But uh, if they get five, they'd be thrilled, absolutely thrilled. And the, and, the, and the Astros have a good bullpen as well. Right. But both bullpens are going to play a huge part in this game tonight because Granky's max is probably five unless it's just so efficient he goes six. But look, a guy had a no hitter and he was, you know, and he's 23 and only went five. Granky's a lot older and hasn't really had a full season. So he's, he's, I would be surprised if he even goes that far. And when did he win the Cy? That was a while ago. Jeez. Yes. Yeah. Yes, this is a this is a different Granky. He was on the injured list. Um, I mean, it's amazing what Houston has done. Granky, Verlander, Garrett Cole, all those guys now turned over to Luis Garcia and Urquidy and Fran Valdez. I mean, it's amazing they've kept winning through this, cheating or no cheating, right? So um, the the pitching job they've done in this organization is absolutely amazing. You know, the Cubs hired away, and this is probably the more important hire. The Cubs hired a GM from Cleveland. Okay. Right. Um, he's the GM, but the, the, 
the sort of data analyst guy they hired from Houston is just as important. He's the assistant GM, and he's going to bring – remember, they interviewed Joe Espada when, when they hired Ross. Joe Espada is the bench coach here, and I think they interviewed him to learn more about Houston than they did to learn about Espada because they're trying to gain some edges. Houston and Tampa are kind of the model organizations. Again, put the cheating aside, and the, and the Cubs went out and hired a, a, one, of the, one of the inside guys, data guys, to be their assistant GM. So, um, yeah, Houston does things right, and, and the run – has been amazing on the mound. Forget if you think they're cheating at the plate, they're not necessarily cheating on the mound. And uh, to turn over that pitching staff has been great. Yeah. Uh, by the way, to answer your question, Xander, he was sixteen and eight with a two sixteen in two thousand nine. Yeah. To win this, <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. But you know, this year he had thirty starts. Or I'm sorry, twenty nine starts. Which right. Is, he missed which, the last month, basically. Yeah. Last 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 few starts. Right. He had yeah. a problem. So he's just not fully stretched out. But, look, it's Zach Ranky. He can definitely give you five if he's going well. Yeah, I mean, here in Chicago, like when the White Sox are in the playoffs, it's like we're, who's going to go in game three? Who's going to go in game four? And these guys are just throwing bullpen games constantly. And uh, it's funny. I saw Dusty do something. And when Dusty's good, it seems like, and I didn't, I didn't look at righty, lefty, or whatever. But Dusty mm-hmm. does something La Russa does quite often and takes the guy out after two outs in an inning. He's done it a couple yeah, times, I mean, and Larusa did it a lot during the playoffs too. Look, in a tight game, that's what they do. They, they you get to two outs, and then you see the matchup that your starter's tiring. I mean, it's not just them. A lot of a lot of guys do it if it's the moment you know calls for it. So I'm not I'm not shocked by that in a tight game. Now, if you're up three nothing and there's nobody on in two outs, that gets a little annoying. But you know, one run is a big deal in the World Series, I guess. So yeah, they look at the analytics when it gets to the middle innings and. You know, uh, pitchers batting in these three games, that's going to be you know strategically important, although it didn't seem to be a huge deal last night. Baker used his pinch hitters when he should have, and they just weren't able to score. Yeah, hopefully the last time ever that this will be done because, again, I, I have people have asked me for two decades how I felt about the designated hitter. I said, I don't care either way, but you've got to have it a universal thing. It's got to be the same in both leagues because this is just a joke um, where you go to the National League Park and the pitchers have to hit and you go to the American League Park and you get a DH. It, it's been like this forever. It's terrible. I, I, I'm, st- I'm starting to come around to that. I, I used to like the differences in the league and then they, in the two leagues and they come together in the World Series and the differences clash. But I guess since they started um, interleague play, right. I've kind of softened my stance. I, I did like the old days where you, the Astros and the Braves would never have met until I know. the World right. Series. And, I, I, I mean, once they started interleague play, maybe you're right. you, you got to have uniform, uniform and It's going to be a main thing with, uh, with all the talks coming in the offseason, right? Well, yeah and, yeah. And, yeah. and that's another thing I wanted to, I wanted to ask you before we let you go. Sure. Because uh, everybody, I'm, I'm just seeing everybody say there will be a, a, a labor stoppage on December second. Are, are you as positive, or, or I think uh, they talked to Jerry Reinsdorf in the last week or so, and he said, "Listen, nothing ever happens till a deadline comes up." Do you feel that way, yeah. or do you think there's going to be a stoppage? I, uh, if you ask me today, I think there will be a stoppage. Um, I think the league, I mean, doesn't want to do it because they know the PR looks bad, but they're going to do it to force the the players to the table and you know start serious talks i mean it's just they just don't have a lot of trust there the league has made a an offer and um the union really hasn't responded they're playing the waiting game a little bit there's a lot of behind the scenes politics i mean the union is just all over the place at times and and rightly and and understandably so there's a lot more members in their union than there are owners right um and a lot 
a lot of different needs right. if you're a 10-year veteran compared to a second-year player. Um, the executive board of players is all is all veterans. Five of eight of them are Boris clients, and Boris has certain needs more than small agents. I mean, there's and, – and most of the agents don't like each other, so they're not necessarily <laughs> on the same page. This is why the, 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 the league ends up winning is – you know they have unity because there's 30 owners and they they, they they just rally about one around one thing money and and the and the union has all sorts of things although money's most important for them too so I do think there probably will be a lockout Reinsdorf's not wrong that that if something gets done it's probably going to be at the at the last minute but wouldn't you want some progress now and I'm yeah. not hearing any progress yeah. I'm not hearing any yeah that's a shame um, just one other thing I was watching the games yeah. and I'm such a such a jerk. I hear people say something on the radio or on TV, and I just say, well, that's just pointless. There was John mm-hmm. Smoltz said the other day, and I can't remember who it was, but he said, this guy comes to the plate with a lot of guys on bases. That's why he drove, that's why he drove in 113 runs this year. And I looked at my girlfriend and go, that's got to be the dumbest He's thing I've ever heard. He's paid by the minute. <laughs> that's got to be the dumbest thing by the I've word, ever I mean. heard, of course. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was, who uh, who led the, America, uh, the National League in RBIs? It had to be, uh, oh, um, Duvall, right? Duvall had 113 RBIs, I think it was. I think it was that who he was talking well, about. Well, no, no matter who he was talking about, it's a ridiculous statement. I think so. Yeah. And then just... Actually, go ahead. I actually think Smoltz did not have a strong game last night because I listened to the game as I'm watching. Uh-huh. So maybe maybe just didn't have well, a, a great game. But but I guess the point is, you know, um, obviously if you if you have 100-plus ribbies, you're getting the chances. But is he getting an inordinate amount more yeah. or is he getting less? Like put some perspective to it. Right. If he if he's 100%, you know, a 1,000 uh, batting average with men in scoring position, then that's interesting. You know, that's the point. Like put some perspective to it. Okay. Uh, maybe he's just getting so many more opportunities that he's hitting 220 with men in. But yeah. because of the opportunities, the number is high. So, you know, you got to give some perspective. Okay, here's the other thing they said, and I wanted yeah. to make sure I looked. Well, it up you're to keeping make sure. score. You have notes there. Well, I mean, I had to look it up to make sure. They they said, well, the Astros and the Braves meeting each other in the World Series for the very first time, and I'm saying, well, yeah, they they didn't come to the they didn't change leagues until 2013. So I mean, they couldn't have played before that. <laughs> you know, I, I guess. And, and again, that's, and that's, that's where you have the perspective. You say yeah. because they were in this exactly. Yes, right. I, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You're right. That's what you're happens. Right when, that. That's what happens when these network guys just get a whole page full of bullet point notes, meeting right. for the first time in the World Series. Da, 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 da. You'll right, get there. Right. You'll get there soon, Jess. You you're nitpicking a little bit, Fred. I, but I don't disagree with you. <laughs> I know that's well. That's what you do when you got a long game and you're sitting there listening to these two guys. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I still don't think we've had the long game. It's no. coming. I, maybe tonight. Maybe tomorrow. It's probably one of these two well, where it, we're going fi- almost five hours for nine innings. It's funny when the White Sox when uh, the White Sox were playing. Moment of silence. When the White Sox were playing, Game Three was four hours and twenty five minutes, and everybody was complaining yeah. how long, how long it was. Game Four was longer. So it's like okay. You think we're going to hit five tonight? With all yeah, the five changes, four four forty four forty four forty. By the way, Tyler Kepner from the New York Times just tweeted this out. Zach Ranke has five hundred eight career starts. Dylan Lee has zero. And this guy's starting the World Series. Now he's only going to go an inning, but still, it's just crazy. And see, that's another thing too, Jess. If this guy goes an inning and he doesn't throw many pitches, do you do you say you know what? Well, let's leave him out there. It's possible. I mean, that's that'll be a question we ask uh, Brian Snitker before the game. Before the you game, know, right. what, what is the leash? What yeah. is the leash? But um, you know, you plan for the inning. If it's six pitches, you know, then you, you right. change your plans. You know, we're depressing our guy Sean Davis, who's running the board tonight for the World Series game. 
Well, we'll see. You never know. So when you think one thing in baseball, and 440, the buddy. 440. <laughs> Jess, yeah. have, a, have a good one. The weather better today or is it about the same? About the same. It probably won't rain during the game, but it's about the same temperature. So you know the Astros don't love this. But I'll tell you what, the Astros got punched in the mouth, if I'm, if I'm correct, in Boston, their first game on the road in that series. Same thing here. I would not give up on this Astros team if you no. are an Astro fan. But I don't, I don't think the series is over or anything like that. Yeah, are we talking to many Astro fans? <laughs> right, I know, exactly. Yeah, there, there, are, there are many. All right, Jesse. Jess, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, Thanks, buddy. Okay, talk Thanks. to you later. See Jesse you. Rogers down at the World Series. Again, we've got the game for you later on tonight right here. We come back. You want to talk more about the World Series? You want to get more into the Bears? Uh, again, do you think the Bears' offense will run better without Matt Nagy on the sideline, without plays running through him? Or do you think somewhere, somewhere, Matt Nagy will be still getting his plays in and all of his stuff? In his hideout. Yeah, wherever that may be. Maybe he's underneath Soldier Field. We don't know. No, we don't. 312-332-3776. Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Now, back to more Fred and Xander on ESPN 1000. You want to talk Bears and 49ers? Let us know. 312-332-3776. We talked a little bit about the Blackhawks situation earlier this week. As um, If you did not get a chance to listen to the hockey show, um, make sure you listen to it, download it, go to the ESPN Chicago app. Yeah, they did a great job. Yeah, they, really they did. did. Two guys that have followed the sport. And I, I made sure that the Hawks were on the night of everything, the Kyle Beach uh, presser and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And I made sure I watched the um, the pregame. Foley and, had the cold open. Uh, well, and Pat Boyle had the cold open for the pregame too. Okay, I didn't see that, yeah. but I saw the Foley yeah. cold open. Uh huh. Yeah, very well done. Yeah, they did. They did. And as you, good a you job know what really impressed me too about the Foley thing because I missed the Pat thing, but I'm sure it's pretty consistent. Is that it? Did not seem like they were trying to protect anybody. No. You know, because Pat works for the Hawks, right? The Hawks so it's kind own, of a the Hawks own part of NBC Sports Chicago, right? Right. I mean, so all of that. Yeah. So and it it just seemed very very. Straightforward, yeah, and Listen, obviously to a lot of uh, you, we can feel a bad for a lot of people in this whole situation, and uh, this is doesn't measure up to all the other things. But look at Pat; he's yeah. got to he's got to do his final lap yeah. in a season that involves this after all these years. Right? There's really in all this situation, there's one person to feel sorry for. And that's that's Kyle B. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's the one guy. Uh, Kevin Shovel Day off. In case you missed it, the former Hawks executive. Uh, will seemingly remain general manager of the Jets. This was in the paper today. Shovel Dayoff was a Hawks assistant GM and the lowest-ranking front office member present at the May 2010 meeting um, when then-President John McDonough, GM Stan Bowman, and then-coach Joel Quenville, among others, decided not to take immediate action uh, regarding Aldrich's alleged assault of Beach. Uh, while on some level it would be easiest to paint everyone with an association to this, this is what the um, the NHL said. While on some level it would be easiest to paint everyone with any association to this terrible matter with the same broad brush, I believe that fundamental fairness requires a more in-depth analysis of the role of each person. Kevin Sheveldayoff was a not a member of the Blackhawks senior leadership team until 2010, and I cannot therefore assign to him responsibility for the club's actions and inactions. Uh, NHL found Sheveldayoff essentially an observer 
Uh, left the meeting believing the matter was going to be investigated. His role not only left him without authority uh, to make a decision, also um, without a way to access sufficient information on if the matter was being adequately addressed. Al McIsaac, let's not forget about him. He was in that meeting, too. He was dismissed. And from everything that I read, he didn't really have, I mean, he had a title, yeah. but he just kind of moved within the whole organization. He had a lot of influence. And there's a guy who, yeah, you know, obviously he's gone too, but he was involved as well. But I think if that's true about uh, Shevoldayoff, that's the right ruling. Yeah. And and I know, like I said, we've heard a lot of people this week um, talk about how I've had all this Blackhawks stuff. I'm not going to watch the Blackhawks anymore. And some of the some of the uh, hosts here in the station, I thought, did a great job because they would say, listen, it's, it's fresh in your mind. It's mm-hmm. just happened. Mm-hmm. You know, will you go back? And then the callers would always say, well... It's going to take a while. Yeah. It's going to take a while to get over this. You also have to realize, um, you know, a lot of the guys that are on the ice and in the front office had nothing to do. They weren't around. That's exactly. There's happened. really two 20, people. Eleven years ago, there's two people left. Yeah. yeah, and it's the stars, right? And they are consistent saying they really didn't know much, right? Right about it. So, uh, well, okay. and, and yeah. yeah, so you have to, you know, and uh, you know. It's another situation. If you're on a team and stuff like that's going on, it gets to be the mob mentality. You know what I mean? Yep. You're not reporting it to anybody else. You're figuring, okay, that's fine. We're just giving giving the guys crap and stuff like that. And, you know, but it was... Um, look, it, if, and look, if you're a guy of a certain age, you've been in a locker room or in a situation that oh probably reflects something like this, uh-huh. but that doesn't mean we... We could have done better back then, yeah. and and we didn't. And and I know that uh, Taves and Kane probably have their regrets. Right. But I still want, as I said earlier, if you're just tuning in, I still want Taves to revise that statement. He's the captain. He's the face of those cup, as Kane is too. But I think Kane came off better in that presser than Taves did. Uh-huh. Taves was really almost upset that Bowman was gone. It's like, cut the cord, dude. Yeah. It's not the right time. Read the room. Yeah, and say what we need to hear to move forward. I've said this often, and it sounds so silly, but I think it's true. When people move up the line in whatever business they're in, mm-hmm. the higher you go, the less work you do, the less physical work you do. But your decisions mean more. They're they're they have more weight to them. Right. Like when one. you were when yeah. you were a program director for a station, you weren't doing as much work as a guy that was doing overnights. No, no, I wasn't cutting the tape or exactly. doing all the the. The manual stuff that we do in radio, but the decisions, decisions were bigger. Yes. And, and had more weight to them. And and if somebody, uh, for instance, if somebody doing the more manual work, if they screw something up, it's okay. But a decision that a higher up would have could compromise an advertiser, a relationship, whatever, the FCC license, right. which we have to worry about. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's always like that. And, you know, that's why the higher ups are the people that, should take the biggest beating in this, and un- and that's and why are. the highest of all higher ups and that's, has not been heard from, and and and, and we won't. And uh, there's just so much disappointment in that because we thought that person he was a Chicago hero, even though he never played. He was a hero because of what he did on the north side than he did for the Blackhawks. Yeah, and Ben Pope had a great article in the Sun-Times today, and he didn't pull any punches in his uh, article either. He said, uh, talking about John McDonough, he said, his reputation hasn't been merely tainted. It has been deservedly demolished, and he's evidently not even willing to apologize. 
and, and that's that was, really that was the, the biggest Times today. disappointment. What, what would it be like if he were to rise above, come out from wherever he is, and really say something apologetic and meaningful? I'm not. I, I don't know how that would look. Yeah, I would uh, love to see it though. In the article, and again, if you have the Sun Times, you can grab it. Powerful turns pitiful was the name of the article or the headline of the article. As Hawk scandal catches up to those involved, former boss McDonough apparently prefers to hide. He says at the meeting's end, McDonough told others to quote leave it to him. The investigation found he then took no action until finally reporting Aldrich to Human Resources on June 14th, at which time he said he'd decided not to alert HR or outside legal counsel uh, to not do anything about the incident during the playoffs so as to, quote, disturb team chemistry, the investigation found. Yet, when interviewed himself by investigators this summer, McDonough, per usual of late, had nothing to say. Oh, he he said uh, no comment. They say, yeah, the investigation report uh, more delicately states he expressed virtually no recollection of the discussion after the issue had been raised. It's not that's not like, hey, this guy's got a bum a bum ankle or something like that. Or this guy, this is a little bit more serious than that. And I'm sure it was. I I can't be sure, but you would think it had a lot more. You would think uh, it it would stand out in one's mind. Yeah. Definitely. 312-332-3776. We can talk about that. We can talk Bears. We can talk about tonight's game. Uh, Matt Nagy not going to be with the Bears tomorrow on the sideline. Chris Tabor, uh, the special teams guy who really, uh, their special teams coverage is worse than the league. Maybe he should work on his own stuff (laughs) as opposed to taking over for the head coach. And we're going to send Sean out on the street to find Matt Nagy. In the next segment, Sean has he's no g- desire to go. Find yeah, no, no, no. Nagy. He's going to get the phone, even he's when he get knows the where big, he's at. He's going to yeah. get the big cell phone, like yeah. it's it's the '80s all over again, and he's going to run around Chicago and try to find him. Does anyone know? Of tips. <laughs> okay, I just talked talk right. to Hank Voigt. Okay, where? In, yeah, where in the world is? Forget Carmen San Diego. Where <laughs> in the world is Matt Nagy? Three one two three three two three seven seven six or in ESPN one thousand. You're listening to Fred and Xander. This is Chicago's home for sports. Live stream ESPN 1000. Or take a listen to our other shows on demand. It's the all-new ESPN Chicago app. So, Halloween weekend. And the Bears get the 49ers. So much uh, good football coming up this week. And I know uh, you had uh, Black and Abdallah here for Chicago's College Tailgate. There's a lot of good college football, apparently. Uh, Michigan State, I think, just took the lead over Michigan. And I'm not a college football fan. I cannot tell you the last time I watched a college football game. I just don't want well, one part of it is working Saturdays, but working Sundays, too, like for decades. Yeah, if I come across it, maybe I might be, I might stop on that. Like, yeah, that's kind the- of the whole Michigan thing is intriguing yeah. to me. But it depends on the matchup. Yeah. I mean, uh, so many times, um, you know, I would watch when it gets to the playoffs and things like that. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll watch in that. But I'm not. I don't care. We're, we're a sports. We're Chicago is a professional sports town. Okay. Yep. We're not really a college town. So you've got the Bears, the Bulls. Yeah, but you'll pay attention Sox. to Northwestern if they're really good, right? Yes, because that becomes they are Chicago's, you know, they are Chicago's team. Yep. You know, um, Illinois, 
I don't know, Illinois hoops, they're already a couple games into preseason, aren't they, Sean? They played their second exhibition last night. What's your teams that you expect them to beat the first game is next week against Jackson State? Okay, because they, they are um, looking forward. I saw the early um, top 25, and they're third, I think it was. No, I think they, they go from between the ranges third to 11th, depending Do upon they? the rankings you're looking at. But just, you know, as a fan, I watch it. I just don't know who that guy is going to be. Yeah, like last year they they had a closer. Yeah, they had they had IO. They have a really good team. I just yeah. don't know who the closer is going to be. Speaking of IO, I mean, have you had a chance to see him when he does come in and get for the Bulls this year so far? Oh, he's giving me and Bulls fans exactly what I expected. Not yeah. the most athletic guy. I see why he dropped because it's all about potential when you're drafting in the NBA draft lottery. Right, but. From a competitive standpoint, if you know his track record from grammar school to high school. Sure. And it's a great story, guy. too. Yeah. He yeah. was never the top guy. He worked himself into yeah. being that guy. So the work ethic and is always going to be there. And Billy Donovan, for him, for Billy Donovan to say, I trust this guy. Yeah. That's it is. saying a lot. And he, he's done, he did it again uh, two games ago. I want to say he did it. He had him come in and uh, he played it. The last game they had, they had no... They had no right to be that close, and uh, they were, you know, the, against the Knicks. I, I, I That's guess the NBA you, though, every team makes a run. Yeah, well, yeah, but there were like a minute and a half to go, and they were still down eleven or something like That's that. That's how quick runs yeah. can happen in mm-hmm. basketball, though. and it happens very, very quick. fast. Yeah, and uh, it's funny that you know now you're, you know, last year nobody talked much about somebody missing a last second shot, but when you're four and zero and your first loss is against the Knicks and Tibbs is sitting there, everyone's, yeah. you know, you get all kinds of different opinions on a thing like that. And the Bulls are fun to watch now. And and um, you talk about hustle guys, you know, unless you're an NBA fan, probably nobody knew Alex Caruso. Okay, but talk about a fun guy to watch play basketball with the headband on, running up and down the floor. And they're just a fun team to watch. And I've enjoyed each and every game. They play the Utah Jazz tonight. And if I get a chance, I'll watch that with the World Series going on and some other stuff. But um, it's nice to have Bulls basketball back and actually meaning something and being It's on the map. And for me now, being a diehard Hawks fan. Yeah. You know, that's, a, that's a rough watch yeah. for several different reasons now. So, right. you know, to, to, to watch, watch the Bulls. Again, yeah. it's fun. We, we need fun. Yeah, and there's a lot of it in uh, Bulls basketball. Plus, uh, Adam Amin and Stacey King ha- have so much fun doing the broadcasts. Absolutely so much fun. They just, uh, you know, Stacey's, Stacey loves this team. He's already called them shy, shy, it's hard to say, shy slamajama instead of five slamajama, which used to be the Houston Rockets, or actually the Houston Cougars back in the day, right, Sean? Yeah, the Houston college team with yeah. Team and Clyde Drexler and yeah. all those guys. Yeah. yeah, and now he's just calling them a shy slam jamma because they're just they're just fun. They're going to the hole with with authority, and uh, it's fun to watch. I mean, if you get a chance, if you have not watched the Bulls because it's early in the season, but uh, catch them because they're they're a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and you never know from one game to the next uh, because you have guys that are. Good, but they spread it around so much. One game, Lonzo Ball will have a triple-double. Next game, he he may have four or five assists, not do all that much. Um, Zach is dealing with a bad thumb, so we'll see how that affects his shooting. But they're running up and down the court, and I heard someone say it. And the other day, I can't remember what day it was, but Cap and Jay Hood had Billy Donovan on. And Jay Hood said, I actually even saw 
um, Zach Levine playing some defense, and you could hear like an audible laugh from Billy Donovan. And that's you know, Tibbs used to always try to yell at guys to get them to play defense, and maybe maybe Billy Donovan's got a different way of uh, insisting that they play. And but they're they're just a fun team to watch, right? Right. We got the right people in the right places now. Yeah. Actually playing some defense, and they got a, nice, a good front office. It took a while for them to get it all together, but they seem like they were going in the right direction. 312-332-3776. Bears and 49ers tomorrow. And, uh, again, people that have followed me for decades know I'm a Niner fan. It's very difficult. Watching the game when the Niners had the uh, Colts uh, last week, it was pouring rain the whole game. And it was a close game, still a one-score game. Garoppolo drops back. He throws the ball, slips out of his hands, gets intercepted. And, you know, that game's over with. But the Niners have a good defense. And they're going to be bringing it to Soldier Field tomorrow. They've got a, a, a defensive line that can actually get to the Bears, get to the quarterback. Um, oh, great. Another one. I know. But <laughs> one of their, their weakest points is their secondary. Their secondary gave up, I want to say, more than 100 yards in pass and um Pass interference penalties last week. Well, so they are they're not good. Uh, so maybe maybe there's Justin a chance. Justin needs a confidence builder. Yeah, maybe there's a chance tomorrow because Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be starting a quarterback for the 49ers. Um, Matt Nagy's not going to be there on the sideline. And it will be uh, Chris Tabor or whoever is going to be there. What's what's the difference? Who's there? Because um, you're going to have Bill Lazor calling in the plays yeah. anyway to Justin Fields. But as you mentioned earlier, I'm so happy and, and eager to watch Khalil Herbert again. Every time he steps on the field, he does good things. And eventually, David Montgomery will be back. Um, but the trade deadline in the NFL comes up on Tuesday. And if you're a Bears fan, would you have any problem with the Bears trading Allen Robinson? Uh, the paper today, they talked about trading Allen Robinson. They talked about possibly trading one of the quarterbacks. You have Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. You have three quarterbacks going into the trade deadline. Who, and who, there looks, are better, def- who looks better as trade bait? Dalton, probably, right? I would think... But, you you know, you've got three quarterbacks. There are some teams in the NFL that are struggling to find one. That's right. That's and right. Um, so maybe there's somebody out there. Do you expect Or the even Bears... trade one of the running. I mean, not, now that Herbert has uh, know. come up, yeah, maybe maybe trade one of them. I well, mean, you, you can't move Cohen. No, because he's hurt. Right. Uh, David Montgomery, his deal runs through the end of next year. But I can't see wanting to trade him. No, no. Um, Williams? Know? Yeah, Damian Williams, a guy that they picked up in the offseason because they needed a second running back. Well, now it appears you have a second running back in Khalil Herbert. Right, if you can get somebody for him. Look, I wouldn't mind if they moved Allen Robinson if we can actually get an asset for for him. Yeah. You know, it's got to be the right trade. You know, just and to send them away. Would be nice. This is, yeah. Right, we have needs. Even if they're just going to trade for a pick. You know, extra picks. A solid, a solid good pick, yep. Get yep. extra picks because right now the Bears have a second round. They don't have a first-round pick. They have a second-round pick, a third-round pick, no fourth. They have a two-fifths and a sixth. There's no way they get a first-rounder for no. A-Rob. Uh-uh. No, because you know you want to get you have to get rid of them, yeah. so no one's going to give you right. that. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. You want to talk about that? You want Blackhawks to talk about the World Series game tonight? We got a lot to do in the next couple minutes before we're out of here at three on ESPN one thousand. This is Fred and Xander on ESPN one thousand, and now on digital FM at one hundred point three HD two. This is Chicago's home for sports.
Remember a couple of years ago when all the Bears, all the media talked about before the season was how the Bears need to get a kicker? Yeah. Now it's the only thing we don't have to talk about. No, he's on a run. Cairo Santos has made, what, 34, 35 in a row? Mm -hmm. He doesn't miss. And uh, that's nice to see. I'm looking at the Bears' stats. Cole Kometa has 19 catches for 173 yards through seven games. Khalil Herbert, 58 rushing attempts, 279 yards. He's averaging actually .3 yards more than David Montgomery did Mm -hmm. when Montgomery was playing earlier this year. Montgomery still has three touchdowns. Khalil Herbert had his first. Um, I'm eager to see what the Bears can do because um, last week was not good against the Bucks. Now, uh, look, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. We can't we can't overstate that, right? So, could we have looked better if our secondary was better equipped to handle? Yeah, you know, defending would have been that score. Could we have limited? Some of that. Well, I mean, and the worst, I think so. The worst part about the whole thing was that they got you know such great field position. The first in the first half, in the first half, the Bears gave the Bucks the ball at the thirty-two, the forty, the thirty-five, the twenty-five, and the forty-eight, all in Bears territory. It's like okay, people say, well, you can't blame the defense. Well, you know what I blame the defense for again. I listened to Tom Waddle during the week, but I had already said it last week on the on the post game show. The Bears gave up 159 yards. I think it was rushing the ball. You cannot. That was give a big, up. no. That was a big surprise. Look at uh, uh, in the Packers game. Yeah. He gave up some run too, yeah. and, and, uh, and it's things. like the Packers. Yeah. How did they get running yards? And now, uh, and now the Packers yards. ran the ball on Thursday. Yep. Against Arizona, they found another way to win by running the ball, and it's worked out pretty well with Aaron Jones and also Dylan. Um, C.J. Dillon, the running back, the second-year guy out of Boston College. and But the Bears, defensively, they just need to stop um, stop the run game. And the Niners usually have a good run game, but they have so many injuries in their running backs that I'm not sure who's running the ball for them tomorrow. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, they're going to have Jimmy Garoppolo, so you know that you can get to him. Uh, but Khalil Mack's not going to be there. Last week, Robert Quinn wasn't there. Now mm-hmm. Mack's going to be out for at least one week. Right. Maybe more. Um, so the Bears we've defense. Got, we've got some other rushers. Akeem Hicks is supposed yep. to come back tomorrow. Yep. And if I hear one more person say, well, the good news is Tayshawn Gibson's on his way back. No, that's not good news. I'd rather have Deion Bush or uh, Houston Carson playing than Tayshawn Gibson. Tayshawn Gibson and Eddie Jackson are the worst set of safety tacklers in all of the NFL. Heck, there's probably two better safety tacklers in college football today. They're so they're so bad at tackling. And this week, I guess he came out talking a little bit more that Eddie Jackson was not upset with. Um, he he thought that um, Olin Krutz and uh, Lance Briggs and those guys were questioning the um, the want to of Eddie Jackson. Well, I was. Yeah, I do on a daily right, basis right. and. It turns out he wants to strip the ball, and he doesn't want to tackle. tackle. Yeah, that's the biggest problem. And I know that I was watching the game last week. I was seeing some of your posts, and he Eddie Jackson was not as bad last week as he'd been in previous weeks. No, no, but, he hasn't. Uh, he, was, he's not a talking point. This it was week, near impossible. Yeah, for him to be that bad. And I'd love nothing more than to see him play a better game because when the Bears were fortunate enough to get him in a fourth round, um, because he was injured coming out of college. 
he came in and performed and yes, did what he, he was supposed to do. Yes, and since then, he's not. The last three years, he has not done. Well, you did see that article that I'm referring to, right, where he was talking about he's ball hawking. Yeah. And he's missing tackles because of that. Well, he shouldn't now be. We can go, right, right. Yeah. And we can go back to Peanut Tillman. I never saw him really miss tackles because of what he was trying to do. No, he, he didn't. had his game together. Yeah. There's balance. Yeah. Because what you're supposed to do is once once the, uh, somebody's holding a guy up, then you go and try to get the, the ball out. But you're not the guy. If you're the first guy there, your job is not to get the ball away from right. him. And, you know, two weeks ago, the Devontae Adams, he ran 15 yards down the middle of the field terrible. with Eddie Jackson hanging on him trying to get the ball. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully things will get a little bit better next week. Let's take a look at some of our poll results. As uh, we had a couple of polls today, one on the Blackhawks, one on Halloween. I know I, I, I know there's a lot of people that like to dress up for Halloween, but we'll get to that one second. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the poll. Post the Black, yeah, the the, Blackhawks one. Right, right. Um, this was all about, uh, let, me, let me find the exact language here. Um, I, I put it up. It's, uh, you know, how do they take a step forward? Blackhawk fans, compassionate Blackhawk fans, what would be the best first step in the healing process for you and the team? And that means how do you get back to rooting for them? How do you get back to have a good feeling for them uh, You know, as a fan? And how does the team move forward? Here are your four choices. Taves' revised statement. That's my favorite. Okay. Hire a new ho- director of hockey ops. That's going to happen anyhow at some point. Start winning again. That helps. Rocky Wirtz Presser. Doubt that'll happen. What did that look like, Sean? Well, shockingly to me, because mm-hmm. I didn't think it would go like this, mm-hmm. 29% of the fans said start winning again. <laughs> That's surprising. It that was 29.8, yeah. so basically 30% of the fans. Right. Yeah. Right. I didn't think it would go that way. No. I thought it would be lower. I did expect fans to kind of vote for that, but I really thought, Look, winning, winning, does, winning does help, but that's not going to make any of this go away for fans oh, no. that are really paying attention to this. Right. Yeah. What was the, what was the second one? Yeah. Uh, second place was hire a new director of hockey ops. Right. Okay. And then Tay's revised statement came in third with 23% of the voting. And running last was Rocky Works Press. Yeah, because nobody expects that. Well, <laughs> legally, he can't really. No, he cannot. You're right. Say You're anything right, right yeah. now. So Yeah. Well. We'll see. We'll see how that this all plays out. Is it's all going to go? And I'm I'm happy that that um, Kyle Beach stepped up and talked. This yeah. has to make him after all after. We quite surprised years, that he came out. Like I thought it was going to remain a John Doe. Thing. He said that he said that he knew enough. There were enough people in the sport that knew it was him. And and after I heard him say that, then it's like wow. Right. I mean, outside looking in, I was surprised. Right. But that makes sense. The step that he took. Yeah, it's like why am I why am I not going to at this point? Uh, the second one was with Halloween being tomorrow. At what age should you stop dressing up for <laughs> Halloween? And I gave four options, and I knew the last one was going to win. But um, 21 years of age, 30, 40, or never stop. And there's no situation specific. Just yeah, when should you costume, stop whatever you're wearing doing. a costume and dressing up for Halloween? And, Sean, I know I know the winner was. Yeah, this one is like opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Yeah. There is no middle ground. Yeah, no, not at of all. Of course, next never stop came in 69% of the voting. <laughs> That's crazy. And then coming in second at 20% was 21. Okay. And then thirty six point five 
42.9. I myself stopped at 30. So Did you? Yeah. yeah. I know I went I to a party. Down. I dressed up as I wore a red jumpsuit, and I got one of those helmets, and I dressed as a guy from Devo. Did you have the plant helmet? The, I, I, the planner? As, as much as I could. The, I couldn't figure yeah. out exactly how to get one. It, yeah, if you're, if you're not sure what we're talking about, they looked like they had, uh, uh, you know, plant... Inverted plant pot pots yeah. on their heads. I think I went with a hockey helmet or something. Okay. I couldn't find okay. something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's a kind of... They don't sell those. Yeah, and so. that was... It was at, uh, and how old were you? I was working at Sports Phone, so I had to be f- mid-20s, early 30s, so... Sports yeah. one that was like seventy years ago, right? Yeah, it was forever. Yeah, yeah. it was from seventy seven <laughs> to ninety, but this was early on, so it had to be probably around eighty two. Yeah, when Devo was all the rage. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, why else would I? T- <laughs> I wouldn't dress like them now. <laughs> no, like, people would you'd have to a, explain it to everybody. You would think I'm a janitor. <laughs> uh, don't forget, coming up later on tonight, we've got uh, the World Series as the Atlanta Braves try to take a three games to one lead. We've got it for you right here tomorrow. I'll be here after the post game or after the. Uh, Bears game, and then you've got the pregame show with Meller and Miller here on ESPN 1000. Thanks to Sean Davis. Thanks to Xander. I'm Fred here on ESPN 1000.